0: Good morning. Good morning. Hey, welcome to Portico. It is great to have you here today and especially on this Thanksgiving Sunday. We thank you for joining us, whether you're in this room or uh, over in one of our venues, our chapel venue or the, uh, or the video cafe. And also we want to welcome you if you're joining us online this morning. Uh, great to have people joining us from all around the country and sometimes even outside the country. It's been a fantastic uh, thing to be able to do. So I said Happy Thanksgiving, and I know that we are all grateful today for something, but especially that the Blue Jays have three more chances. (laughs) Right? Are you with me? Well, I wanted you to hear that clip this morning because there are few things that are quite as beautiful as when we experience chaos coming to order. Chaos coming to order. I had the privilege of attending the Toronto Symphony a few weeks ago, And that transition, like we just heard, uh, from all of the chaotic sounds of tuning to a precisely conducted score of beautiful music, reminded me again of this truth. There's nothing quite like chaos coming to order. Moms, it's like when you walk into a room of screaming, fighting children and yell, Quiet! And immediately the sounds of chaos fade and wonderful silence ensues, right? What? It could happen. Or, or like day camp this summer when about 100 screaming, talking, laughing elementary kids were moving through the foyer of our church here, and, and the decibel level was almost unbearable. And then the leaders would raise their hands and start calling this code word bubblegum Bubblegum, and as soon as the kids heard the word bubblegum, it was amazing. They all would raise their hands in the air, stop what they were doing, and quiet down so that wonderful order was restored. One of the happiest parts of my day during that week. But it doesn't always have to be about noise, does it? Sometimes, you know, I think about this. What about when you're caught in the chaos of a traffic jam? When you hit traffic, it makes everything out of sync, doesn't it? It's stop and start and it's jerky and and your day is interrupted and your progress is impeded and your frustration levels rise, at least mine do. There's nothing quite like finally getting to the point ahead where a police officer or a construction worker is directing traffic and you ease out of the congestion, move around the obstacle and hit the accelerator for those open ordered lanes ahead and begin to pick up speed. Chaos to order. It's a beautiful thing. Why am I talking about this this morning? Because today as we continue in our life rhythm series about about emotionally healthy spirituality, we're talking about staying in tune. Staying in tune. And so I'm going to ask you to take out your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers are coming to, uh, to help you with that. If you just put your hand up nice and high and our ushers will serve you, you can borrow one of our Bibles this morning. And we're turning to Genesis chapter 1. If uh, you don't know the Bible very well, today is your lucky day. It's the very first book and the very first page, Uh, Genesis chapter 1, okay? So we're going to go there together, Genesis 1, and we're going to read beginning at verse 1. I'm only going to read two verses this morning, and we're going to come back to this chapter as we make our way through. But here's what it says. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And so we have this picture, pre creation, of God arriving to to what? To chaos. There was no order. It was just it was just, you know, a mass of water and darkness and and stuff. And in the story of creation, the beginning of the world as we know it, we find the most powerful example of, of chaos to order ever known. The earth was without any kind of form, it was empty, it was dark, there was nothing, just chaos. But God stepped into that chaos and spoke the words of creation, and in an instant. Order came. Water and land were divided, and earth and sky separated. And from nothing, God made animals and plants and trees and mankind. Chaos became beautiful order through the creation process. And in those early days of the earth's existence, God patterned for us a balance a balance of work and rest and worship that because of disobedience and sin now in our world can all too easily get lost today. Life is chaotic, isn't it? The pace at which we run is chaotic. We have schedules and busyness and working hard and playing hard. Life and living can seem out of tune sometimes, I think, can't it? Think about the pace at which we run. I mean, We've got so much going on in our worlds today, and we all seem to constantly struggle with the pressure and the stress of deadlines and schedules and expectations, the fast pace of our culture. Traffic, volunteering, raising families, add whatever you need to to the list. And then there is technology. Technology, this amazing thing that is supposed to make our lives easier, but has actually done the opposite, I think. Because these days... You know, because of computers and smartphones and tablets, it seems that we are never unplugged. That little email or SMS bell is constantly going off and interrupting our day. And instead of making our lives easier, all that we have accomplished is that we can now get more done in shorter periods of time, but we still work long hours because it seems like more productivity is still not enough. More is never enough, right? And then, you know, social media, we are totally connected now, not just with our personal friends, but with anyone who, you know, follows us or who we follow, Facebook and Twitter and, and uh, Instagram and YouTube and Foursquare and Vine and now Periscope. I don't even know what Periscope is. I just threw it in there in that list because I see it every once in a while in my Twitter feed. You can help me with that later. That'd be great. So we're, we're busy and often, especially when we, when we can't seem to find the time to take some time away for God and for ourselves and for our families, it can seem like everything is just out of tune, like there's no harmony, like there's no beautiful music in life. And so what's the solution? How do we stay in tune in our lives? How do we do that? How do we achieve the thing that brings back beautiful music and harmony into our lives. That's what we want to talk about today. And we're going to go back to the original score, back to the master composer and conductor, back to the balance of that wonderful story of creation where God stepped into the chaos and brought beautiful harmony and order and created the most amazing masterpiece that's ever been known. Not just this amazing world that we live in, the beauty of of all of creation that we see, but also man and woman in God's image. You guys, we need to get back in order to get our lives back in tune and, and keep them that way. Unless you think that this Old Testament concept is outdated or no longer valid, listen to the writer of Hebrews in the New Testament, chapter 4, verses 9 to 11, who says this. There remains then... A Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And so, in this period of history after Jesus, And after Jesus' ministry, during the time of the apostles, the writer of Hebrews reflects all the way back to creation in order to help us relocate the rhythm of our lives and remind us we need to make every effort to enter into this rest. And so we're going to go back to go forward this morning, all the way back to the story of creation so that we can understand what a balanced and in-tune life looks like. In the beginning... There were just four simple things, I believe, that we can see in this creation story that are going to be critical for us if we want to learn how to first get our lives in tune and then commit to keeping them that way. So grab your notes, if you have them, your, your bulletin notes, or you can also find us uh, on your smart device, U version live events, search for Mississauga, you'll find us there. And you can follow along as we sort of fill in the blanks today. The first word that we're going to look at is the word rhythm. It's the word rhythm. Remember, the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep. But add God to the equation and you begin to get order. You begin to get harmony. You begin to experience rhythm. Look at Genesis 1 and verse 3. It says, And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And this began... The wonderful music that God was going to compose. Rhythms of day and night. Seasons of fall, winter, summer, and spring. Trees that bear fruit in season. And fruit that gives seed for the next crop of trees. Animals that reproduce. Man and woman to be fruitful and multiply. You see, creation's story contains within it rhythms that we all experience today. And if I was better at at rapping, I would have rapped that last little bit. Just to sort of help to prove my point. But God brings all kinds of rhythm into creation and the creation story and into our world. You know, we're even preparing to change our clocks in a few weeks because of the, the yearly rhythm or orbit of the sun. The fall season is upon us, and it's a season where the cold, you know, we, we prepare for the cold, dark winter in this part of the world. Plants go dormant, leaves fall off the trees, and, and you know, it's all for a purpose Preparation for the wonderful spring that will eventually come. You notice I said eventually, and I totally skipped talking about that other season. Did you catch that? Yeah, there's something in the middle there. It's good, but we hope it's short this year. Are you with me? Our world runs on creation's originally established rhythms. And like the world needs a rhythm, so do we need that in our lives. In, this, in the midst of the, of the chaos of life, we, we have to somehow find a healthy rhythm that brings order and meaning because God is a God of order or a God of rhythm. There are so many things that are going on in our lives. We talked about some of them earlier. Uh, we talked about, you know, work and family and recreation and worship, all of them with their own demands and all very important, but we have to figure out a way to balance them all together so that they begin to harmonize instead of bringing stress and chaos into our lives. We need to implement good rhythms into our life, implement good uh, routines, and learn to dance with those rhythms of a well-balanced lifestyle. You ever watch somebody dance? I mean, somebody who's good at it. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? To see the, the rhythm and the flow. That's how we want life to be, we've, and we've gotta figure that out. I'm not much of a dancer. Anyone who has ever seen me try can attest to that. I'm not not asking for volunteers today, but I read a funny quote this week that reminded me of me. It said, I attempted to dance like no one was watching, but someone happened to see me and mistook my dancing for a seizure and called the ambulance. (laughs) But we have to learn how to dance. We have to learn how to dance. For some, it comes more naturally than others. But it can be learned. It can be learned. And God wants us to learn to dance to a rhythm that brings balance and beauty into our lives, a pace that works for us, Uh, a routine that addresses all of the most important things in our lives and helps us to enjoy them all to the fullest. Jesus invites us in, in Matthew chapter 11. This is the text where in most of your versions it reads, You know, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But I love what it says in the message paraphrase. It says, are you tired, burned out, worn out, burned out on religion? Does that sound familiar? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely. And lightly. Now, how good does that sound to you? That sounds pretty good to me. And so, the first thing we need to learn in order to get and stay in tune is that we need an order and a rhythm to our lives. The second thing is, is that we uh, need to find times and spaces for reflection. Times and spaces for reflection. Here's what we see God doing. When God is creating something, we find him doing the same thing. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 4, it says this, God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness. And that phrase, God saw that it was good, gets repeated throughout the days of creation. Over and over as God created, he stood back and reflected on what he had made. He looked at it and he thought, hmm, that's pretty good. He saw that it was good. God is the author of good. He is the creator of good. And he said, that's good. It's good. Now, if God needs moments to be able to reflect on his handiwork, then what does that say about us? We're reminded in in verse 27 that we are created in God's image. It says, God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so because of that, we need to somehow find patterns for reflection in our lives even more because, well, you know, God needed to do that and God is, well, he's God. We're just people, right? Are are y'all just people? Okay, I was just checking because, anyway. We're people created in God's image, yes, but with much more need to reflect on him who is the creator so that we can live lives that are centered and focused around God and his goodness. We experience God's goodness. God stated it was good. We get to enjoy now his goodness. And so there's this pattern of reflection. We're to to stand back. We're to reflect on the goodness of God. And so we need to find those kinds of patterns. And here's the thing we don't always do this very well. We know that we should take time to reflect and focus on God, but we're busy. And with lives so full of activity and busyness, it's not always easy to do so without having a plan to do so, without having a definitive pattern. But then we think, oh, I want to, we shy away from that because that seems a little bit too rigid. That would seem to be legalistic if we had a, a pattern. And we know that we shouldn't only do things because we feel obligated or think that we're supposed to. We should do them because we want to, right? It's a quandary. It's a bit of a dilemma. We, we need these kind of patterns in our lives. We need this kind of order, but we get all bent out of shape if we, we do something over and over again because we think, oh, that's legalistic. We shouldn't do that. So I'm not going to ask you to do something out of obligation. I'm going to ask you to do this because you want to do it. I'm asking you to understand that in order for you to have balance and to feel like your life is in tune and in sort of synchronicity, that this is something that you should want to implement in your life and in your routine. Many other faith traditions have done this so well. They've got formal patterns for reflecting. They have set times of the day, and they, they pray a certain way. They do this regularly. And you know some of the, the traditions I'm talking about. And, and we know that because of Christ, we're not bound to the legalistic, formal patterns. But that doesn't mean that patterns can't be helpful. We need to find freedom in practicing healthy patterns instead of ignoring the principle altogether, instead of ignoring patterned reflection just because it might seem a little stiff or a little mechanical. Are you following me so far? It's important. It's important. Uh, When I was on sabbatical, this is one of the things that that I struggled with the first week or so because suddenly I had nothing to do. I woke up in the morning and I, I didn't know what came next. And the people who know me know I'm a person of Routine. I get up. I get ready. I go to work. I work all day. I go home. Sometimes I come back to work in the, in the evening. It's, it's, it's routine that sort of keeps us going much of the time. And we need to find healthy ways to let this routine sort of work itself out in our lives. Uh, I, had to, I had to actually figure out that in order for me to get through this, I was going to have to plan something to do every day. So that I get up and I knew what came next because otherwise I was going to go nuts. Now, eventually, I found out that I like doing nothing more than I thought I would. Um, But that's another story. It's September, and a lot of your favorite TV shows are coming back on for the fall season. Some of us have a pattern of going home from work and watching some of those shows after dinner. I'm guilty of that. I like a little mindless sort of downtime after I've worked a long day. But do you know what my most important pattern is? My most important pattern these days... Is when I wake up at six o'clock in the morning and I brew a pot of coffee to drink while I'm doing my life journal reading and I read those four or five chapters and I and I reflect on those and I spend some time in prayer before I start my day. It takes I don't know, forty-five minutes, sometimes an hour, a little bit longer. But it is now the most important thing in my day. You see, we need we need this kind of routine in order to stay balanced and have a healthy rhythm in our lives. Because whatever we allow to stop and interrupt our lives gives us a very good indication of what has importance to us. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, he said, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers. Day and night. The psalmist here is suggesting more than once a day will bring benefit and blessing even into our lives. Trying to intentionally stop more than once a day to center and focus and reflect on God is another way for us to have lives that feel balanced and in tune. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, my hour-long devotions multiple times a day. I'm saying you you need that sort of more intense time, whether you do it in the morning or at night or some other time in the day, but try. Try two or three times a day just to pause. It doesn't take very long. Just be silent for a moment and focus your your attention on God. Try and time yourself. Two minutes, I, I dare you. Stay silent for two minutes. You don't think it's very long, but it's longer than you think when you try to do it. Two minutes, then you know, read a verse. Maybe, maybe you have just a light reading plan that you've found that's just one verse of Scripture every day. Read a verse and then just pray a simple prayer. The whole thing might take you five minutes. But if we pause a couple of times a day, do you know how, how effective that is in keeping us in tune and keeping us focused and centered on who God is and, and who we are in Christ? It's an amazing way to be able to do that. Those additional pauses, they're not like your full devotions. It doesn't have to be for long. And it's important that we reflect. But it's also important who we reflect on. And I know this goes without saying, but I wanted to just kind of bring this in because in 2 Corinthians, Paul says in chapter 3 and verse 18, I love this verse, he says, We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. It's, it's an amazing thought. But, but the, the other word that could be used or translated there for the word contemplate is the word reflect. It says that in, uh, in the older version, I think, of the NIV before they changed it in 2011. And we who reflect the Lord's glory... We, we kind of, you know, mirror it back to other people. But when we reflect on God and on his glory, we are being transformed into the likeness or into the image of Christ. We are actually becoming like him. And so rhythm and reflection are important in the context of this next word, which is the word relationship. relationship. Genesis 3 and 8, you find again in the creation story, God doesn't just create the man and the woman and walk away from them says, Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. In the Genesis account, we realize that a pattern of relationship had developed between God and the man and the woman he created. You see, when Adam and Eve disobeyed and hid themselves in shame, they did so because they knew God was going to show up for their evening walk together. And God did come. He came calling in the evening, and it was natural for God to initiate community with them because God is community. Did you know that? God is community. We know this because in the very first chapter, when preparing to create the man, he says, Let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. Who was he talking to? Well... He was talking to the rest of the Godhead because God is Father and Son and Holy Spirit who have existed since before time began. God is triune. He is three in one. And that means that God not only only wants us to be in community, He is community. And He creates community. And so the man and the woman and God had fellowship together. No man is an island. We are wired for relationships. It's an amazing thought. That the God of the universe wants to have a relationship with me. And it's even more amazing that he wants to have a relationship with you. No, I'm not being offensive. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Lighten up a little, everybody. But isn't it amazing? God wants to have a relationship with us. David found this to be just an amazing truth in Psalm chapter 8 and verse 3 to 5. He says to God, When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, The moon and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? Or human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and with honor. What is man that you are mindful of him? Or woman that you are mindful of her? The psalmist poses this rhetorical question, amazed that God the creator would desire to have relationship with his creation. But that is exactly what God wanted. That's exactly what he made us for, a relationship with him. With you and me, he wants to have a relationship. We aren't just wired for relationships, but we were created to have a relationship with our creator. And our time reflecting and centering on God serves to build and to develop that relationship. Like any relationship, the more time that we spend, the closer and more intimate the relationship can become. You're created for a relationship with God. And if you've not experienced that yet, if you don't know what that's all about, I pray that today you take the opportunity later in our service when we close it with a closing prayer to say yes to Jesus because, because you can have a relationship with God. He's made it possible through His Son, Jesus Christ. All you have to do is say yes, yes to Jesus and invite Him into your heart and into your life. And I just believe that uh, that's what's going to happen for you today. Then last, but certainly not least, if we want our lives to stay in tune, in addition to rhythm, reflection, relationship, we also need one more thing. Can anybody guess what it is? Rest. You knew that was coming, didn't you? Rest. Genesis 2, 2 and 3, by the seventh day, says God had finished the work he had been doing, and so on the seventh day he rested from all his work. And then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. God rested. Why? Why would God need to rest? I mean, he's God. He's all powerful. He didn't need to rest. So why does he? I don't think it was about his need to rest. I think it had more to do with the fact that rest is such an enjoyable and refreshing activity that he wanted to rest, first of all, but also he wanted to model for us this idea because he knew that we would not only enjoy rest, but that we would need it desperately. Do we need rest desperately? I know some of you do because I saw you nodding off earlier. We need it desperately. Thomas Cahill said this, the Sabbath is surely one of the simplest and sanest recommendations any God has ever made. And those who live without such septiminal, which means weekly, I looked it up, those who live without such weekly punctuation are emptier and less resourceful. That's powerful. That is powerful. We need Sabbath rest in our lives. And if you still want to argue law and grace with me this morning, let's just kind of Finish that conversation right now. First of all, Sabbath was instituted pre-law at creation. We're talking about it today. God himself uh, said, this is important. Sabbath is important. You need to find those times and spaces to be able to rest and replenish. He said, it's, it's a day that I want to keep holy. It's hard to argue with God, right? But secondly, Jesus comes and he addresses the Sabbath. He's always fighting with the Pharisees about Sabbath. And he, he says that, that Sabbath is something that needs to be approached with flexibility. Jesus, uh, you know, said to the Pharisees, you guys have a problem because you've made it so rigid that it's just a just motion. It's just something you go through. He said in Mark chapter two, in verse 27, though, he said, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people, not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath, and so he says two very important things there about Sabbath, but most people only hear the one. You know, most people, uh, you know, we're under grace. So here's what they hear. They say, see, we're not required to meet the requirements of Sabbath. It's not, it's, not, it's not something we have to do. Like that's all Jesus said. But that's not all Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm affirming the Sabbath as something that was, that was meant to meet the needs of people. Sabbath rest is an important concept modeled by God himself and designed to replenish and refresh mind, body, and spirit after a 6-day week of work and activity. And so we read together in Genesis 2 and verse 3 that God has made this day holy. And in the commandments he asks us then to keep it holy. What does that mean exactly? And by the way, the commandments still apply. Everybody realize that? Read through them. There's nothing in there that you would not do because of grace, except maybe for Sabbath. It's the only one we, we sort of argue with. And I'm off track. Keep it holy, he said. The, the Hebrew word for holy is kadash, and it refers to something that is sacred and that which is distinct from the common or the profane. And because God has made the Sabbath a holy day, there are a couple of implications here. The first being, I think, that on Sabbath we should, we should pay special attention to God. It has been called in Christian circles the Lord's Day, and rightly so, because it's a day that we focus on Him and that we set aside for worship and to receive teaching from His Word that feeds us and builds us up. But also, it's a day that we refrain from the common and the profane, mainly work, the, the routine of, of work and that which we do all week long, that on this day, the everyday mundane activities of life are left behind, like, like you know grocery shopping and, and uh, errands and dry cleaning and all that stuff, unless you really enjoy that stuff. If you enjoy it, that's an okay Sabbath activity because what we enjoy, it relaxes us, doesn't it? It brings us rest. But we, we leave the, the mundane behind and we do things like rest and recreate and, and replenish. You thought I pronounced that word wrong, didn't you? Recreate, recreation. you know recreation is actually a way that we, that we recreate, that we replenish ourselves because it's something that we enjoy doing. We enjoy God's presence in any number of ways. Going to church, of course, is one of them. But a quiet walk or a drive in the country, a canoe ride or a nice motorcycle ride on a beautiful windy road. Ah, that speaks to you, doesn't it? Many of you don't know this, but uh, I, after 15 years of uh, Pastor Doug haranguing me, really, about uh, riding a motorcycle, I finally broke down this year and bought a bike. Yeah, I did. I turned 50. This is my midlife crisis. I'm openly admitting that. And I love it. It is absolutely amazing. There is just nothing like the wind in your face and going down the road and leaning into those curves, but I digress. Uh, We need to do things that replenish us, that recreate uh, us inside. And whatever makes us feel relaxed and refreshed and close to God, all of those things are things that can make your Sabbath less than common. They make it special. Sabbath is, according to Mark Buchanan, both a time on a calendar and a disposition of the heart. It's a day that we enter, but just as much a way that we see. Sabbath imparts the rest of God, actual, physical, mental, spiritual rest, but also the rest of God. That is those things of God's nature and presence that we tend to miss in our busyness. You ever think about it like that? I've never thought about it like that before, but it's an amazing thought that in all of what we do, We don't often think about what we miss out on our relationship with God when we get so busy that we can't even take a day to wind down and to focus on God and family and rest. And so this is something that we need to do. For those of you who have to work on Sundays, like myself, the day that, you know, Christians have set aside for Sabbath, if you work on Sunday or if you're deeply involved volunteering in ministry on Sundays, then we understand that's... Not Sabbath rest for you. And we suggest that you find another day. For, for many of you, it's gonna to have to be, you know, Saturday on those days that you, you know serve in ministry, or or another day that you're not working. But make sure that it doesn't just become another day that you that, that you guard that day as a special day. Spend time with God. Maybe listen to the message from Sunday if you weren't able to attend or or be here. And of course relax, rest. Spend time with the special people in your life, your spouse, your kids, all of, all of those things if that's possible, because this idea of rest is what's going to help you stay in tune, stay in tune with the, the kind of rhythm and the kind of order that God has laid out for your life. Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 13, in the message paraphrase again, it says this, if you watch your step on the Sabbath, And don't use my holy day for personal advantage. If you treat the Sabbath as a day of joy, God's holy day as a celebration, if you honor it by refusing business as usual, making money, running here and there, then you'll be free to enjoy God. And so I ask you this. You want to keep your life in tune? Well, then you need healthy rhythms in your life. You need time to reflect on God and His goodness, a a meaningful and growing relationship with God and a day of rest sometime in your week so that you can be refueled and refreshed. And if you can find a way to include all of these healthy things into your way of life, you'll find that the chaos begins to fade away and that your life will feel more and more harmonious like beautiful music because God's way is always the best way. Amen? God's way is always the best way. And we struggle sometimes to get there, but we need to want to do that. We need to want to get there because it's what's going to help us to achieve this synchronicity, this, this in-tune feeling of harmony in our lives. And so we strive. We strive to live for Him and to live for His glory. Amen? All that we are for Your glory. Father, in Jesus' name today, we thank You for Your Word. Lord, I pray that it would find a resting place in each of our hearts today. That God, for every single one of us who struggle with the chaos of life, with schedule and busyness and all of the stuff that Lord tends to pull and draw our focus away from you and from your goodness. Lord, that we would begin to learn to implement these important things into our lives and our routines. God, so that we can experience your rhythm, so that we can Lord, pattern times of reflection into our schedule so that we can, Lord, grow in our relationship with you and find ways, God, to honor Sabbath rest in our lives. Because, Lord, we know that if we do this, God, you will help again to bring harmony and restore order into our lives. God, you'll take our lives from chaos to order. God, I pray if there's anyone in this room today, Lord, who's living in the chaos of not knowing who you are, not having a relationship with you, God, who is struggling. Lord, with with sin and the things that they know they do wrong and the guilt about all of that, that, God, you will speak to their hearts today. And that, God, in the quiet of this moment, you'll give them the courage just to say yes to Jesus, to say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I need you to come and, God, restore order in, in my broken world. Forgive me of the wrong things that I've done. Help me, Lord, to to begin a new life with you. And Father, as people in this room pray that prayer this morning, I pray you'll give them the courage, God, to tell somebody about the decision that they made today. Lord, that they'll have the courage to walk out and and speak to Pastor Melanie at our YES station out here in the foyer. And Lord, we just believe, God, that as, as people pray that prayer of faith, that God, you will begin to walk with them in a new life, in a new relationship and a new sense of bringing order into their existence. So, Lord, we commit ourselves to you in a fresh way. We thank you, God, for your word and speaking to our hearts today. Help us, Lord, to to reflect on this. God, to think about it, and, Lord, to do something. Lord, to bring our lives further in alignment, Lord, with what you've called us to do in order to stay and keep in tune. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.